Thank you. Thank you. Um, I love <clears throat> I love to give gifts. Anybody one of those people? <laughs> and in the past, in the early years of our marriage, uh, there wasn't a lot of, of extra. And so um, I was always thinking, what could I make? What could I make? What could I make to give? And one year, I remember going to the Borg factory in Delavan. Anybody remember that place? And they had remnant pieces of furry fabric. And I made pillows for everyone. I made great big pillows for his brothers to lay on the floor with and little pillows for his parents. And I even made his grandparents pillows. And I was really careful with them because I chose just a a neutral, really nice, just perfect it would fit into their house. And I put all of those in a box and I mailed them to them. And I want you to know something. His parents enjoyed him very much. The boys loved him. They were around for years, and the dog loved him too. <laughs> but it's an interesting thing. I never saw those pillows at his grandmother's house. And when we cleaned out the house, I never saw the pillows. I never saw them again. And... um I want to relate that to us because you know what? God gives us gifts. He really does. He gives us lots of gifts. And I think that sometimes we're like his grandparents were that day. We we receive it and we go, oh, wow, nice, nice. And we tuck it away. And we never think about it and we never consider it and we never... We never have it in our possession again. It's just, it was there and, and that's it. And this morning, I want to share with you about one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. Obviously, he's given us salvation. It's wondrous. But he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that gift is often misunderstood. Or I, I think it's maybe one of those gifts that we tuck away and we don't think about And we put it in a safe place, and we never think about it again. I want you to read with me as I read Acts 2, 38 and 39. Listen to this. It says, and Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you, and your children, and to those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So this gift that was, is given, this gift of the Holy Spirit that is for us, it, it's for every generation. God has this gift. It actually tells us in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. Our guarantee. If you look at Ephesians 1, I want to read that to you. It says... And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. In case you're wondering, you're a Gentile. Unless there's a Jew in the house. You're a Gentile. So, and now you gentles, Gentiles have heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, 
He identifies you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. So he puts the Holy Spirit in you and he goes, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Whom he promised long ago. And then in verse 14 it says this, and the Spirit of God, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. And he has purchased us to be his own people so that we would praise and glorify him. You know, sometimes I'm aware that People think of God the Father, and they think of Jesus, God's Son. But the Holy Spirit is just out there, whatever. We, we don't really think of him. First of all, I want to uh, uh, tell you that he is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And I, want you, I just want to remind you of a few things before I come to the the main emphasis of what I want to share with you this morning. And that is from the beginning of the Bible, from way back in Genesis, the Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is there. If you remember in Genesis, it says he, he brooded over the waters. And in Exodus, it's an interesting story. When they're building the tabernacle, there's a man there, and God pours and comes, and his spirit comes upon this man, and all of a sudden, this man can do leather work, he can do metal work, he can do carpentry, he can build anything, and he builds the tabernacle because the Holy Spirit comes upon him. In Judges, the people are are being fought against and, and they're de- being defeated and they cry out to the Lord and it says the Lord puts his spirit on Othniel. That's Caleb's younger brother. Caleb is one that went into the promised land and says, yes, we can take it. That's who he was. And, and so here he is. The spirit falls upon Othniel and he wins the war and they're in peace for years. So you see places where the spirit just comes and falls upon people. Uh, probably all of you are familiar with Samson, right? Big strong man. Well, it says the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson one day, and he grabbed a lion and he tore it apart by the mouth. If you, I can't even imagine, talk about wonder. <laughs> you picking a lion up by the mouth and tearing it apart. It says he he did it as easy as if it was a young goat. And so you have this spirit come upon Samson, and he comes upon him over and over and over again. In Psalms, there's an interesting thing. See, all through the Old Testament, the spirit just kind of comes upon people at random times and places. But David, in, in Psalm 51, he's sinned with Bathsheba. And he cries out in Psalm 51, he says, Oh, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He said, Create in me a clean heart, but don't take the Holy Spirit from me. It's interesting. The Holy Spirit had been just deposited here and there on people. And here David has something that we can have easily today. The Spirit with us all the time. And he's saying, Please don't let the Holy Spirit be taken from me. And he also says, let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, generously uphold me. In Isaiah, there's a promise that the Spirit will come upon Jesus. 
In Luke, it tells us that John the Baptist, get this, all the pro-lifers. <laughs> it says in, that John the Baptist is filled with the Holy Spirit while he's in his mom's womb. In Luke 1, Mary has an encounter with an angel, and and the angel tells her she's going to have a baby, and she said, that's impossible. And he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And we see again the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And then I take you to Jesus. He's baptized in in the river, and John is baptizing, and he goes under, and he comes out. And the heavens open and a dove comes and the Holy Spirit rests upon him. Remember the song we sing, come rest on us, come rest on us. Here the Holy Spirit rests upon Jesus. And then if you go back to the book of Joel, in there he prophesies that in the last days, how many think we're in the last days? He says in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit. Upon your sons and your daughters, upon all flesh. And it says, and they shall dream dreams, they'll prophesy, all these things that he tells them about. And Jesus, after he's crucified and resurrected, and he's with his disciples, and he says, hey, you guys, you got to wait. You got to wait in Jerusalem for something important. I have a gift for you. It is worth the wait. You got to wait. And so they wait. And the Holy Spirit comes upon them. It comes upon them. And that's in Acts 1.8. It says, and you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. And so, this is just like, um, just to give you where the Holy Spirit's at in the Bible. And it's just a few of them. I was shocked at how many places the Holy Spirit shows up. So in early July, the Lord was speaking to me, and he said this to me. And he was speaking to me personally. He said, the time is coming when operating under the influence of my spirit is utterly essential. And I was like, what? And it has taken me on a journey. That that's word that the Holy Spirit spoke to me that day. That, that the living under the influence of the Holy Spirit is utterly essential. It's been brewing inside of me. And thus you have this message today. And so um, I believe that as a church, we're, in, we're at a, a place of great importance. Like how you did church before is not going to be the same anymore. And it's like how the Holy Spirit operates in our life and us being aware of how he's operating is going to be absolutely necessary to make it. We're going to have to know what is the Holy Spirit saying to us? What is he asking us to do? What is he wanting us to do? Where are we headed? What are we going to do? And the Holy Spirit wants to show you. I want you to look at something. It's in Ephesians chapter 5. It's an interesting verse. And it's one that I've read lots of times, but I've never quite thought of it fully as he's wanting us to. It says in 5.15, it says, so be careful how you live. Okay, that's easy. Don't live like fools. Okay, that's easy. (laughs) 
but live like those who are wise. And so he's going to tell you how. How how are we going to live not like fools, but as wise people? And then he says in verse 16, he says, you've got to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What, what does that sound like? This is way back in the, in, in the Bible, so many years ago. And then he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Okay? He's, he's saying you can't just do it your own thing. You can't just do it however you feel like it. He said you got to be thinking about this, and you, you have to understand what God wants you to do. And then in verse 18, it says this. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so in this scripture, Paul is speaking with such urgency because of the evil days. And so this morning, I'm speaking to you with urgency because of the evil days that we live in. And I want you to think, and I don't have much experience with this. I was a very rigid Baptist girl growing up. (laughs) I was actually... I didn't really get into a lot of trouble. I don't know why. I guess God kept me. (laughs) But when you think about somebody who's drunk and how they act, I saw that in, in our families. I've seen that. And when someone's drunk, it's amazing the things they'll say and do that they normally would never do otherwise. Anybody seen or experienced that? It's because alcohol changes and influences them. They act different. And so this comparison isn't to show you a picture of the Holy Spirit controlling you and keeping you in a box and making you do things. That's not what this picture is about at all. And it's not a picture of the Holy Spirit coming into your life and taking over. That is not the picture. It's a picture of what you need in your life. It's a picture that you need the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That you can know what to do and how to live in the evil times that we live in. Paul wants you to consider and to think about what's controlling you. You see, he wants you to know that true freedom comes when you allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. True freedom comes when the Holy Spirit controls you. You know, I didn't, I read this, I didn't check to see if it was absolutely a fact or not, but it says that there are between 4,000 and 10,000 ads, words, pictures a day coming across your frame. And all of them are trying to influence you. All of them want you to dress a certain way, think a certain way, act a certain way, and do a certain thing. That's what they do. And they're wanting to change how you think and feel about yourself, how you think about your nation, how you think about your family, how you think about school, just about everything. Can you see that? Can you understand that that's happening? And God wants you to to see this morning that there's actually a choice being offered, an option of great importance. Actually, it's an opportunity. God understood. He really got how difficult it is to live holy and pure before him. And so he said, oh, a plan. We need a plan. And they came up with the plan. And that is for the Holy Spirit to come in you. And him in you makes all the difference. 
In fact, if you think about the last days Jesus had with his disciples, he's sitting with them, and he's trying to prepare his, his disciples, and he's saying, hey, I'm going to go away. Hey, you guys, I just want you to pay attention because I've got to go away. It's coming. I'm, I'm going to be leaving. But he said, actually, it's a really good thing that I'm going to go away. Because if I don't go away, then the, the Holy Spirit can't come to you. And it actually says advocate. And that in Greek is actually paraclete. And it, it can be comforter, encourager, counselor, any of those things. And so he's saying, it's best for you that I go away. See, if Jesus was in this room today, he could sit and talk with Brooke. But what if I wanted to talk to him? Then I'd have to take him from Brooke to me, right? But the Holy Spirit can be with Brooke and be with me at the same time. And the Holy Spirit can speak to me and to Rebecca at the same time. And the Holy Spirit can be in you and me at the same time. Think about it. The spirit of the majestic God of all the creation living in you. Living in you. His purpose is to fill you and make you able. Because he knows you can't do it on your own. He wants to fill you and make you able. So operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit requires something really important. A choice. A continuous choice. It, it's like, I think that if we don't understand the gift that he gave us, if we don't understand the offer and what it holds, then we're not even going to be interested. It'll be like those pillows that are put away and never seen again. And this morning, I want you to understand the opportunity before you. The Holy Spirit of God wants to fill you. The Holy Spirit is offering you a lifestyle that's supernatural. In all our options of the world, in the world, the Lord is inviting us to surrender and submit to the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you an example, and hopefully it will make sense to you. So I have something here this morning. Two clear containers. They, re- they represent us, okay? This is you. This is me. Okay, and it says that the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill us, right? Well, sometimes we like to hold on to things. Maybe you can relate. Ever hold on to things? Oh, most of these probably hit home pretty personally. So, so I have this mug here. And this represents all the things I like to eat and drink. And I don't want someone telling me what to eat and what to drink. I, I, I just want to do what I want when I want, you know? So that's inside of me. Because, I don't know. And, and I don't know. This, this represents our light shining. But I like my light to shine at church especially, but in the car not so much. And so I like to hold on to my light some places and give out light other places, even though we're supposed to let our light so shine before men. 
And let me see, what else would be in there? Oh, I have this measuring spoon. You see, I like to keep this close because sometimes I like to um, measure others and what they do and say. So I, I kind of keep just a, it's just a little place. I, did, I just keep that. You can put it in there and you can hardly see it. And, oh, I have this, I have this big spoon. Because occasionally there are people that we need to dish things out to, you know? And so I keep it handy in case I need to dish something out to somebody. It's, it's, I just pull it out and I've got it ready. Some of us like scissors. We, we like to hold them, and, and we, we like to hold them closed. And we want to say, don't make me cut that out of my life. Don't make me lose that. I, I, I got to keep this. I, I got to keep this. It's important. Hmm. Oh. And sometimes, I don't know. I don't know, maybe you're a lot nicer than me, but sometimes I throw rocks at people. They're words. Just sometimes, most of the time I keep my mouth good, but we have these rocks. And, and, And we sometimes use them. And I I have this ball because Sometimes my, my emotions and my belief system like to bounce all over the place. And, and then I feel better when I've got it under control. But this ball, it, 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 oh, it just, I, I don't know why I hold on to that. I don't know. And I keep a hand, hammer handy. This is actually a hammer I've had since youth group. And I was doing youth group with kids and every kid got a hammer. I think Josh still has his. I have this hammer, and you see, I love to build things when it fits my schedule. Or sometimes we like to tear things apart. You see, as a people, we really like control. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe that's not you. Maybe it's just me. So I get... get, Come on, move over. I gotta have room for my hammer. And I have this paper punch handy so I can show my holiness. And I keep a stir stick always with me. So if I need to stir things up a little bit, I've got my stick with me, and it's powerful. Stirring up people, it's powerful. Hmm. I have this giant um, paper clip. 
You see, I clip things to myself to protect myself, to keep me safe. I keep things clipped tight that no one can see them so that I'm safe and I'm protected. So I got to have my paper clip. I love my baubles. They're, they're just thrown in for good measure. You know, those little things that surely don't matter in the kingdom. You know, those little things, they're really small. See, they're not very big. They really, they won't hurt anything. And I, I like to keep those close. And I keep this wonderful staple remover and handy in case I need to disconnect from people for a while. Ever feel like you need to disconnect? So I keep that in my, in, within me. And I, I, I keep this to make sure I can see accurately what people are doing and saying. i got to keep track. And it's within me. So I want you to look at these. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us this morning, even. How much of the Holy Spirit fits in this? So tell me. How much Holy Spirit fits in this? You see, the Holy Spirit... We sing about making room for the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in making room for him, we have to let go of some of these things. We say, come, do whatever you want to. Empty me, have me, all of me. You can have all of me except for all of this stuff. But the rest you can have because there's lots of room, right? And the Holy Spirit is longing for permission to move in you. Permission to have all of you. Even the things you guard and stay clipped close to your heart. Those things. He wants them all. Do we let him remove those things holding us back from our full potential in God? And so I want you to see a scripture. A section of five verses that... I've never looked at this way. And I think they're going to be eye-opening to you. And it's about the specific work of the Holy Spirit in you personally. And his task is to bring ongoing revelation in your life. Tell your neighbor that. The Holy Spirit wants to bring ongoing revelation in your life. And in this passage, Jesus is talking to his disciples. So he's, Jesus is, this is red letter. This is Jesus talking. And you're his disciple. So he's talking to you this morning. And I want you to look at John chapter 16, verse 8. And this is what it says. As when he comes, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he's going to do these three things. He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Easy peasy, right? It's good. What in the world does it all mean? It's just words, right? He came to do this. So I want to ask you something. What does the word conviction stir up in you? 
What does it make you think? Does it bring fear? Does it bring dread? I want to announce to you this morning that conviction is not telling you about how bad you are. That is not what conviction is at all. And it's not telling you what you're not. Conviction is not to show you what you're not. It's re- it, conviction is meant to remind you that you can walk in the power and authority over the enemy. The enemy wants to bring shame and blame to you. And the Lord wants to bring conviction that reminds you of the authority and power you have. You see, the voice of conviction sounds like the voice that draws us closer to the holiness of God. It reminds us that we're too clean and too pure to want those things, all this stuff to exist in our lives. And God wants to live in us. See, conviction helps us understand what lies are ruling within us. Conviction comes and shows us that I I, I don't need a magnifying glass, that he's got people covered and he's doing a good job. All the things that we can hold to ourselves. He's telling us, he wants to show us the places in our lives when, where we will find comfort in unhealthy places. You see, he really is to make us aware of what is robbing us from freedom. Do you realize that all of you carry things that rob your freedom? And the beautiful gift Jesus purchased for you, the Holy Spirit wants to convict you of those areas that hold you back and keep you from being who you called you be. So Jesus goes on from that verse to verse 9. And he says, the Holy Spirit will convict us, verse 9 says, of sin because they do not believe in me. It's an interesting thing. Did you know that the root of all sin is unbelief? Unbelief is in there. It's big. It's huge. It it likes to own you. The Holy Spirit comes and he challenges your heart in those areas where unbelief reigns. He actually wants to pinpoint unbelief in your heart if you allow him to. And he's really good at it. And there's so many times when he shows me things that I didn't have a clue about. Have you heard the Holy Spirit convict you and challenge you on your belief system? Have you actually allowed him room to move and speak? Because the Holy Spirit will convict us. See, we think of conviction as a bad thing, but in truth, it's a thing that reveals his heart for us. His conviction is to show you his heart for you. So he, again, the Holy Spirit will convict us of, verse 10, of righteousness, Because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. The only righteousness we will ever possess is the righteousness of Christ that he purchased at Calvary. Your own righteousness is pointless and useless. The Bible tells us actually that our righteousness is like filthy rags. You'll never be good enough. That's why the Holy Spirit comes and reminds you that it's Christ in you that does the work. It's Christ in that you have to rely on. He's the one that makes you holy. You see, he, you ask him into your heart, and then 
He comes and you're covered with a white robe of righteousness. And it's not like he's covering the, the junk. It's like it's as if it never was. It's like you never did those things. It's like you never did those things because he so covers them and takes them away. And that's why the Holy Spirit comes to remind you of what Jesus has done. He makes sure that you rely on what was purchased for you. So much. If you go on to verse 11, it says, The Holy Spirit convicts us of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit comes and he comes to remind you, Hey, remember this is truth. I'm going to guide you into all truth. I'm sorry, I skipped that. Remind you that the enemy has already been judged. That he was defeated. The enemy has been defeated. You can walk victoriously because the devil devil was stripped of all his power and authority. And the only authority he has is what you give him. The Holy Spirit will remind you over and over of who you really are and what you can do. He's going to convict you that you are, you can, that you can move in the things of God, that you can overcome, that you are victorious, that God has purpose for you, that God wants to use you, that God wants to anoint you, that God wants to pour his power through you. He is the best encourager, helper, teacher, comforter. And then in verse 12, it says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. And then verse 13, it says, however. Oh, that word, however, it's important. You got to pay attention when you see that word, however. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So it's the Holy Spirit who wants to show you who you really are. Can you picture this? Jesus whispering to the Holy Spirit his plans for you. See, we tend to listen to self-talk more than to the Holy Spirit talk. And the Holy Spirit's job is to speak over you things that God is speaking over you. And he's telling you things to come. Things to come in your life. Things to come in the world. Things to come in your nation. Because he wants you ready, fully equipped to step into the destiny of who you are. So he's reminding you that you're called, that you're chosen, that you have power and authority within you. You can do all the things that God asks you to do because the Holy Spirit is there continuously speaking of things to come. He's telling you what he wants to do. I want you to think about prophetic words that have been spoken over you. Some of them are way out there. They seem impossible, right? They seem like, how could that be? Really? And if you can't think of one, think of someone else's. Some of those, pro- those prophetic words, those are the Holy Spirit's job to remind you of what the Father is speaking about you, what the Father is speaking over you, about what's to come and what truth looks like. And his job is to lead you into all truth in the word and lead you. That's absolutely true. But he's called you to lead you into truth of who you are and remind you of the prophetic words given to you. And then it 
I, I remind you of this in Acts 1.8, and we read it already, that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall receive power. And we think of that as like m- miracles and signs and wonders. What if it's just power to live every day and, and be who you are called to be? What if it's the power to reflect Christ to whoever you go to? What if it's the power to live above what has been spoken death over you? People speak death over people all the time. And I'm telling you, God came to speak life. And he came to give you life abundant. And he wants the Holy Spirit to be in you to be able to show you what's to come and what he wants to do. So this power is the power to live as God called you. You see, he's really good at giving you courage. The Holy Spirit gives you courage. He gives you boldness. He gives you insight. He gives you abilities. He gives you authority. He gives you everything you need to fulfill your destiny. To do the work you were called to. It is through the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that makes that possible. It is possible by living and operating fully under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I'll give you a disclaimer on this. You have to allow him to, ha- him to work in your life to have this happen. You have to give him permission. You have to long for it. You have to say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Show me what hinders you from moving in my life. Show me what I need to get rid of so that I can be all that you're speaking over me. God is longing over you just like he brooded over the water. He broods over you because his thoughts for you are so good. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. His thoughts for you are for good. And he wants you to let go of everything that stands in the way of his moving in your life completely. He wants to demolish those mindsets you hold on, those belief systems that you've established. He wants you to let go of all the past experiences that have ruling power in your life. He longs for you, he longs for you to hand him your unforgiveness, your anger, your bitterness, your offenses. All of it you have to lay down in order for God to move and operate fully under the influence of the Holy Spirit. See, he wants to flow unhindered. And this really hinders his moving. This really hinders the flow of the Holy Spirit. You see, I believe the days that we're stepping into, we need the Holy Spirit. We need his voice directing us. It says that that the Spirit will lead us. He'll guide us. He'll be everything that we need. And I believe he's calling us to awaken to his spirit. That he's given us this gift and it's not meant to be put away and never looked at again. But it's there because it's a real person living within you, giving you the ability to be who God called you to be. And he's asking you this morning to live completely under his influence. And so I'm going to give a call this morning that if you really want to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I'm I'm encouraging you to come over on that side. And if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit and you long to have a 
that baptism that he gave him in the book of Acts, then I want you to come to this side. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Mackenzie to come. And I'm going to see if Dave would come up here. And um, him and Mackenzie will pray over you if you want the baptism because she just had an incredible experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so she is a great one to lay hands on you. And then um, I'm going to ask... I'm going to have John come up over here and, um, and Mike maybe and Becca. And you guys can pray over the people that come that want to uh, re say, hey, I want the Holy Spirit to influence my life. So would those that I ask to come, come and stand up front. And I'm asking you, will you make room for him? Will you make room for him? you come this morning won't you come to the altars won't you receive what he has for you this morning thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord we love you lord we worship you god we so want you in our lives we so want you in our lives to capacity remove that stuff that hinders you God have your way in us as a people how we worship you how we praise your holy and righteous and wondrous name we thank you Lord we thank you Lord we thank you
Lord, we thank you today so much for teaching us that your Holy Spirit loves us, that he wants to live in us. Thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is so, so powerful. Bless you. Praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Put your hand in your heart this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. Lift up his peace. Lift up his face upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Go in his grace today.